0: Welcome to the 2X E-Commerce Podcast Show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the The man man, in the mix, mix. Kunle Campbell.
1: Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Conway Campbell, and this is the podcast where I interview e-commerce entrepreneurs and online retail marketing experts who help uncover new e-commerce marketing tactics and strategies to help you my fellow two X's and listeners double specific e-commerce growth metrics in your online stores. So if you're looking to double metrics or like conversions, average order of value, repeat customers, traffic, and automate these sales, you're in the right place. On today's show, I have a very experienced online retail entrepreneur. He is here to share about how his store doubled sales after the introduction of videos, product videos, basically, to be specific. It's a very insightful show or talk discussion I have with him on, and and it really shows how impactful videos are. On conversions, if they're done the right way, so I advise you to take a lot of notes in in this, and in, in, while while you're listening to this, you know some of you might be running, and, and some of you might be in your car, so so that might be impractical. However, if, if you you are able to, you know, take notes over this show, please do. It's it's quite interesting, and I I know you, that there'll be some golden nuggets and things of value. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to the podcast, Gary Ingram. He is the founder and MD of the Diamond Store. It's um, The URL actually is the diamondstore.co.uk. It's it's a British store. It's a UK store. Gary is quite interesting, quite interesting individual. He's a serial entrepreneur. Which he would, um, which he's going to share with you. I'll just tell you more about um, the diamond store. It's, it's Britain's first pure play jewelry online retail store. They're multi-award winners. They have won the e of the Year Award for two years running in the watch and Jewellery in the prestigious watch and Jewellery awards in, in, in Britain. And the Diamond Diamonds actually has 50,000 happy customers and counting with a simple mission statement, luxury with confidence. So... I welcome you, Gary, to the show. Please introduce yourself. 30 seconds or one minute to tell the people about you and your, your background. And yes, go ahead.
2: Hi, my name's Gary Ingram. Thanks for having me on the uh, podcast, couldn't we? The Diamond Store, it, as you alluded to, is one of the UK's first online pure play jewellery stores. We've been in business. This will be our eighth Christmas. So we've been in business for seven years and we lean up to our eighth Christmas. And we simply want to be a force to be reckoned with in the online jewelry sector.
1: Very, very interesting. So, you, you've been around for about seven, eight years now. This would be your, your um, eighth eighth Christmas. And, and mm-hmm. how's business been so far over the okay. years?
2: Yeah, very good. It, we did have a little bumpy patch, as Ed did everybody else when Lehman Brothers um, had their issues. I think that was four years ago now. 2008. Um, yeah five years ago six but everybody did um and since then we we have grown from strength to strength it's not an easy journey uh, as any business is never an easy journey but it's been it's fun and we're still growing
1: good good can you recall your first sale gary it was a pair of stud earrings
2: i don't remember where they went to and i don't remember i think the value was about 300 pounds
1: not bad for us um,
2: still. Yeah, and it was. Quite, we're also in a different place now, couldn't we? In the sense that the concept of buying jewelry online today in 2014 doesn't sound too alien. But mm-hmm. actually, when we launched back in 2006, 2007, a lot of people say, "Well, people really buy things like that online." You know, it was people have bought flights, they've rented a car for their holiday, and they've done those things. Mm-hmm. But not many people were buying clothes. Not many people were buying jewelry or high ticket items. And um, now it it seems fairly commonplace that we do those things so Absolutely, things have
1: second nature now yeah. i guess people started out with virtual items like like tickets in the past and and now there's that they're more inclined to 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 buying goods it's second nature it's, in, it's interesting how far we've, we've come in, in e-commerce yeah. over the years very very interesting what's been your mem- most memorable sale in in diamond store do, do you have any special thoughts and memories um, you've with us in um, regards to, to, to a cell that sticks up in, in your mind?
2: Yeah, actually, and it isn't because it was last year and it's fresh in my mind, although no. obviously that sways it slightly, but uh, we had a guy call us last year and he was doing uh, a rally from the UK to Mongolia. Oh. He was either in the army or the RAF, I can't remember now. Anyway, he was about... Five days away from the finish line, and he'd got it into his mind that when he got to the finish line, he'd love to have a ring to propose to his girlfriend who was meeting him at the finish line. I'd, okay. He'd been traveling, you know, for a month or so. And we managed to get the ring to Mongolia via FedEx at the finish line for him to give to his girlfriend. Fantastic. And actually, it got into newspapers and things. So that was a great sale because we had to rise to the challenge and we had to rise to the occasion and we did and it's great and it's great to be part of a story
1: fantastic program. do you have photos of, of him proposing yeah in mongolia or yeah. Definitely um,
2: we do have actually i don't know if we have the photo of him proposing we've definitely got lots of photos okay i don't know if we've got the moment because we weren't there but i don't um, know if, but we have got photos yeah
1: yeah, I'll, I'll probably sh- I'll share it in, in the show notes if, um, okay. if you're able to send it to me. It'd Be quite interesting. Sure. Okay, let's move on to to the next um, stage of the interviews. Really, my my first question has to do with how you've managed to build a pure play online retail jewelry brand. You know, over the years, you you stopped to it. You you saw a niche no one had had, had actually entered, and you you stopped to it. You you got in there, stopped to it, and you've you've been you know, quite successful as compared to, to others in, in the market. So so how have you managed to build this brand? The other thing I noticed using SimilarWeb's tool is um, one of your most um, high, your highest um, referral of search traffic is your brand, which which is fantastic. Yeah. So which shows um, you have lots of repeat customers and, you know, people have heard about you from, from other channels. So could you share how you've managed to build your brand online over the years? The
2: first thing, and some of these things may sound very obvious, but the first thing you've got to do is have a great supply line. So you've got to be able to, if you're going to promise that you're going to send products, you've got to be able to do that, number one. And it is actually very, very easy to fall down on on that first stage. Secondly, you've got to be able to offer customers a, a real idea of the item. And we've been lucky in the last couple of years because technology's moved on to a level in smartphone okay. where well, we can. We always wanted to get into video, okay. but the speeds on the internet and web design, etc., didn't really favour it. But now, where we've you know, four G is, is common on most phones, and our broadband speeds at home are really fast. Videos have really helped us. But before that, it was product images. Okay. So you've got to have great images from all angles. You've got to not put any doubt in the customer's mind. And the third big thing of course, is customer service, which includes reviews and all those other things. But essentially, you've got to be able to be honest with your customers if you want to build a brand. Just be honest with what you can do and how you can do it.
1: Okay, sorry. So To rehash your, your what you just said, the first really is delivering your product, which really is the the fulfilment. You know, having yes. giving your clients exactly your customers exactly what they ordered for the expectation. It's quite critical. Imagine you're about to get married and you you know the date, you set everything in place, and your ring doesn't arrive on time. That's yes. so horrible. So so yes, so delivering and then I the word of mouth off the back of the deliver of, of your deliverability is is key, and then also. Yes making sure the the photographs which which they they interact with on your website is exactly what they get or even better. And then it sort of is in their memory, really. It's quite interesting. Okay. And, and then the third?
2: The third thing was the customer service. So if people have a question, we pay an awful lot of money to get traffic to our website. So if people take the time to call us or email us, we've got to respond as quickly as we can okay. and as thoroughly as we can. And you, actually, that's something we've worked on a lot in the last okay. two or three years. Did you
1: have a live a chat facility on the website?
2: We've tried everything. I've tried live chat. I'm not a lover of live chat. Chat because we're quite a small team. The problem mm-hmm. is that the, the thing I personally hate about live chat is if you go onto live chat and you have to wait an age for somebody to answer you. And the only way you can get around that really is to dedicate someone to do live chat. Exactly. And I've never found that that was viable. So what we do, we try and offer a much better service. If somebody emails or, or calls in, we we definitely have the time to speak to them and deal with it that way.
1: So you've got really strong um, customer service. Well, well, helplines really. And sure, okay. What about interaction when when people are trying to because you know, buying buying rings. Are, I've been buying buying an engagement ring for for my wife. Um, was I, I did a lot of research. It took a while. I think it took me about six to eight weeks to to, to decide exactly what I was going to get her. So, so how do you do you help with the education bit? You know, when, when it takes quite a while to, I know some people know exactly what they want, but, but a vast majority of us would, you know, tinker around and think and think and think before we make a decision. Now, how do you come up with that education so you, you, you make them trust you, so to speak, so more educative marketing rather than just going for the, for the hard sale?
2: No one, no two people are the same. So, yeah. you know, you may take six weeks and another guy rang up this morning because it popped in his head on the way to work. So what we've got to try and do is, and it's very difficult on a product page not to end up with a cluttered page, mm-hmm. where you can answer all the questions somebody has. For example, and this is a very generic statement, but guys want detail. So they want to know things like, you know, the color of the diamond and the color and real detail. And actually, if you ask most girls, they just want to know, is it really going to sparkle when I put it on? And you've got to try and answer, you've got to think about both lots of people. People, tailor both all your content to both lots of people and sometimes you can do that well and sometimes you fail a little and you learn and you tweak and you change yes indeed and that's that's the, that's the key
1: so I guess um, that the only constant there would be the visuals um which sure. would have to, to to represent exactly what what you're selling okay so um, yeah. we would move on to my my next question really uh, um what what are your three most important customer acquisition channels at the minute um at, at the moment for for the last 12 months
2: the second the same ones that have been constant throughout the whole time. Oh, well, the first two is organic traffic, okay. pay-per-click traffic. Actually, I'd say the third most important one nowadays is probably retargeting because it's quite a powerful tool.
1: Okay. And what about the inconsistencies with with organic? What what have you found? What's been your experience with with organic traffic? Do you know, I can only talk from my own experience,
2: and I don't know how everyone else is. I mean, we've we've always gone for a very wide base of organic keywords that we wanted to rank for, and we've always built the base where we we wanted people to land on specific pages rather than funnel everything through the home page. Okay. and what I'm trying to say is we want to get people so when they click organic traffic uh, an organic listing if they're looking for an emerald ring they see emerald rings immediately after they clicked the organic ranking okay. yeah and we've done that from the word go Okay. and i don't think a lot of other retailers did that they, they do that more now but it wasn't the done thing from the word go and if you do that then consistency comes and goes but you can't rely on any one thing so it's no good relying on organic traffic because that will go up and down and we have no control over that Absolutely. none at all and um, because we're beholden google or bing or yahoo or whatever the flavor of the month is and we cannot control that so you can't build your business on organic traffic alone um PPC, pay per click, can pick yeah. up a lot of the slack where you're missing out on organic, but it also can complement your organic traffic. You know, you can have two yeah. results in the top 10 rather than one, but you can't build your business alone from pay per click either. Yeah. And, and then with retargeting, we say, okay, well, if we can pull people in from organic traffic and we can pull people in from pay per click traffic, then we can reoffer it to them at a later time to remind them of us, then that's a very powerful tool, and that's one we use.
1: Yes, and I find it it reinforces your brand. So mm-hmm. when, when they, they go to various websites, they, they see your, your brand over and over again, and it sure. just helps with, with the conversions. That's sounds very good. So um, outside, so it, it looks like your core three Cosmo acquisition channels are around search, apart from retargeting, really, which is mm-hmm. kind of connected to search. Do you see any other channels actually... In the future, it could be even device, but like mobiles, for instance, like a dedicated mobile app or um, social media coming into the fore for customer acquisition going forward.
2: Yeah, and we we do all those things now, but they don't have as much as a direct impact. I think traditional advertising, equally, it's got its place, but we ha- we're we a little bit spoiled because we've always gone down the route of being very analytical about all our visitors. We know every pound we spend, where the money goes, and what we get back for it. And actually, when you get into other forms of media, TV and things like that, it's not so easy to measure. Yeah. And we um, haven't grown enough to yeah, do those I, things.
1: I, like. I attended, a, sorry to call you, Shep, but I attended, there was an event in, inside Business School because I'm, I'm based here in Oxford, and the um, CEO of munpig.com, came in and he said the game-changing moment of his business of moonpig.com was when they, they tried to ad- TV advertising and oh, um, you know, business just doubled, tripled and kept on rolling over Because it like it's the best-kept secret for online businesses. <laughs> it's interesting.
2: But you've got to be a certain size to get there. And Absolutely. Moonpig are a huge, well, they sold, didn't they? But they were a huge company and... Uh, and you've got to have big pockets um, I think to do it was
1: £300,000 or so in the negative <laughs> at yeah. the time, so he gave it his, his last shot. Oh, okay. Well,
2: okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe I should learn from that then.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so do you do voucher codes? Do you have a voucher code strategy in minutes, or?
2: We've played with affiliate marketing, which ended up being mostly voucher codes websites anyway. We're quite keenly priced, so a lot of our items, we're trying, we're trying to get them to the customer for as good a price as we can possibly get. Okay. And that strategy didn't really sit very well with voucher c- codes and affiliate marketing because, in a sense, we found that voucher codes were s- sorry if I'm going to talk out of turn here, but we found them that they were slightly parasitical. Right. In the sense that we would get the customer and then they go and search for a voucher code and then we'd have to pay commission to a voucher code website when actually they were already on our website anyway. So we'd rather, rather than inflate the price to be able to pay the voucher code website, we were happier just simply giving the discount in the first place and that's how we keep our prices keen.
1: And and do you, you, outside of voucher code websites, do you give existing customers voucher codes? Say, come Christmas, you you entice them or...? Oh, yes.
2: Okay. Yeah. Of course. And on their birthdays and things as on well. On their
1: birthdays. Okay. That's good yeah. to you. Okay. What about content marketing? It's it's been a buzzword for <laughs> for the last two years. It's you know pe- people uh, purport it's been the new SEO. What are your thoughts? And um, what are you doing content marketing wise to to drive in traffic and get new customers?
2: We have we. we I don't want to blow my own trumpet. We we have always done content marketing. Okay. Because we realized its value a long, long time ago. And in fact, maybe I should have put that as one of the main acquisition channels, perhaps. I don't know. Because it's like the forgotten hero. I just put that in with organic.
1: Absolutely.
2: But I think there's a Google book called ZMOT. And it points to the fact that whenever somebody's got a question, if if it's around the area of your expertise, then you should be there to answer that question. So we've always kind of believed in that. And that in, encapsulates ordering your, you know, find out your ring size, how to care for your jewellery, the meaning of eternity rings, mm-hmm. all those kind of little things that if you type into Google, we are there somewhere as well. And we, we've always built that from the word go. We've always built with a content strategy in so, mind. So,
1: I take it you have an evergreen content strategy from a content marketing standpoint. What in, about, in a perfect um, world,
2: yeah. But it doesn't always work that way. But yeah, in a perfect yeah. world.
1: What about, well... Well, well, well going on the wave what a lot of bloggers would do so with um i don't know if a celebrity for instance got engaged they um, look for the photographs a lot of entertainment do you do that to, to get in traffic do you look for current affairs or you know or, or um news latest trends and then jump off the back of it if it's related to to weddings jewelry and, and the like to your products
2: yeah the problem at the moment is that a lot of the big media companies are doing that as well. So you can invest an awful lot of time in chasing that content, but you've got a problem ranking nowadays because the competition's huge. I mean, okay. massive. We, we were doing that a long, long time ago. Um, I mean, I think it's called X Factor now, but before it was Pop Idol, and we were live blogging Pop Idol before Daily Mail, before anyone was doing it. And we were getting 10,000 people a day onto the website with Pop Idol-related searches and things like that you know what jewelry people were wearing etc but nowadays it didn't convert very well to the honest truth that mm. sort of traffic and nowadays a lot of those kind of opportunistic things like you know kim Kardashian wearing a ring or whatever there's too many big hitters in front of you just yeah it's, 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 a, it's a
1: crowded market at the minute um, sure Okay, now this this is a big question I have for you and I was doing some research prior to to this interview and I realised your your YouTube channel has over 1,800 videos. I also checked, I I found that there were were linked to a lot of them, the vast majority of them are linked to your products page. There there has to be a strategy behind this and a reasoning behind this. Could you share or shed some more light terms to... Why you have a thousand eight hundred videos and the importance of visuals and videos in selling high tickets items such as jewelry online?
2: It's really simple. We had to, we built a video studio and we we work hard to video every product we're selling it. It's really hard work and it takes a lot of effort because we've got to make the jewellery number one for it to be videoed, organize the models, etc. But for us, it was a key changing moment because we didn't want to open a store because the cost of of stocking a a jewellery store is huge. But we wanted people who live to wherever they are, Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Spain, France, wherever, to get a real feel for the products we're selling or the jewellery we're selling. And we felt the only true way we could do that was through video. And that's really driven our video uh, strategy. It's also it's done two things actually. It's it's helped us sell a lot more jewellery because people okay. can understand what they're buying, and they can get a sense of it. And and secondly, it's reduced the returns.
1: Okay, that's quite interesting. When did you start? When did you go full fully into into video? When, when did video become a core part of your your strategy? About two and a half years ago. Two and a half. And and what yep. what's been the impact on on conversions in percentage terms?
2: I wouldn't say it's particularly lifted conversions to a level that we we stopped and went well, but mm-hmm. everything's slow burning in Good. online jewellery. We just know that it plays an important part. And, we uh, know uh, that if we speak to a lot of customers who've bought an item, they, they, they refer to the video. So if we, mm. we chat to them, and say, look, in the video, this or in the video, I saw this. So we know it plays an important part.
1: It's very, very interesting. And it it helps with with conversions too. I think what's most interesting, the fact that it reduces returns, so so it emits their expectations, really. Okay, that's very, very, very interesting. So would you advise um, other fashion and jewelry retailers (laughs) generally in in fashion obviously jewelry that would be your competition but but in in fashion in general where in the fashion industry would you would you make this mandatory if you're to start up a a fashion business you know um, if you're to sell clothing online or clothing accessories would would you have video as a core from day one
2: i think it has to play a part somewhere along the line if you look at asos which is a beacon of fashion websites they have video on every product and i think that says it all really
1: yes absolutely Absolutely. Okay, the next set of questions has to do with um, customer retention and um, loyalty. The first one really has to do with um, customer service. Tony Shea, the um, CEO of Zappos, says or purports that uh, customer service is the holy grail of e commerce. Do you agree or, or disagree? I
2: think it's probably what there are three main important parts. One is range of items that you have. One is price of items you have. Mm-hmm. So for example, you can have fantastic customer service, but if you've got three items to sell, it doesn't really make any difference. Mm-hmm. You can have fantastic customer service but your prices are three times higher than anyone else. It doesn't make any difference. So the three but the and you can put that either way with those three three points. So it's the range of items you have for sale, the price that you're able to offer them at, and then backed up by good customer service. And I think the three things go hand in hand. They don't stand alone.
1: Very, very interesting on um, the pillars of, of customer service, range, price, and the quality of customer service. In terms of co- customer service, is it email only, or do you extend the, the, the phone support they get initially to to, to after sales?
2: We're happy to talk to anyone at any time, by phone or by email, however they want to communicate. Uh, Facebook as well. People oh, communicate okay. to us via Facebook, although not so much anymore, in the sense that, you know, if they've got a question or whatever.
1: What about Twitter? Uh,
2: because of the nature of the item we're selling, we're selling something. Jewelry is, is, a, is an item that people buy for special occasions. You said mm-hmm. you bought an engagement ring. Really, there are key times when people are buying our type of jewelry, and that's engagements, birth of a child, important birthdays, anniversaries. So they're quite landmark occasions. Mm -hmm. So they're important events in people's lives and they don't want to make a wrong decision or wrong choice. And also, it's probably one of the highest value purchases they make online. So they want to be reassured that they're making the right decision. And so a lot of our customers, an awful lot of our customers will call and have a chat just because they want to make sure they're doing the right thing. And Should they buy this one or this one? And what's the difference between this one and this one? And equally, an awful lot of people will contact us via email. Just and also, I think they just want to confirm that we're there to help.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And what's been the impact of it in the, on customer service on repeat customers to, to to your business?
2: Repeat customers are are important to any business because mm-hmm. once you build up momentum, your repeat customers can cover a huge chunk of your cost base every year. So it is important to have repeat
1: customers. Is, is there any connection with, with good customer service and and um, your repeat customers? Do you, do you see a trend?
2: It's symbiotic. You can't if you give bad customer service, you won't get repeat customers. It's that simple. So it's a bit like the other things. The two things have to work together, and it is important to make sure that customers come back to you when they have another special
1: moment. Price, diverse products, and good customer service. Good. Okay. All right. Is is I mean, this is a very very obvious question? But um, what are you doing? Differently in email marketing as compared to to competition. Do you have any marketing automation in place, or do you just go straight? Uh, do you just um, blast out emails based and just to to your database?
2: It's a mixture of both. We'd yeah. like to be slightly more focused on the email marketing, and that, that's something we're working towards. Okay, but it could get quite mind boggling when you start looking at it. But we also do try and tailor it to around what people have purchased before, what type of gemstones, etc. But it's it's difficult. It's difficult, and we're setting up a series of things at the moment so people can choose, perhaps, when they want to be spoken to via newsletter. Right. Because a lot of people, like yourself, I don't know if you've bought anything since you bought an engagement ring, but people don't buy jewellery. It's not something they buy every month. <laughs> so we have to be careful. We don't just send newsletters willy-nilly, because what's the point?
1: Absolutely. I guess a seasonal emails wouldn't really hurt. Yeah. Cotton Mother's Day or, or Christmas. Yeah, or Valentine's. Valentine's
2: Christmas. Christmas is huge, because jewellery is a great gift, if you're in a relationship or for your parents or whatever, it's a fantastic gift Actually to give in Christmas.
1: My, my wife and a uh, necklace this week, this, um, this Christmas. Okay, a bit of a, a curveball here in regards to, to, to traffic... And um, conversion rate optimization, or conversion yeah conversion rate optimization, which is more important in from your perspective, being ATS coming to ATS in, in the game, which would you value more at this point? Would you like more traffic? Do you have, or, or would you prefer conversion rate optimization because you or converting better on the existing traffic you have because you you have enough traffic?
2: I'm going to give you a curveball answer. I'd always hanker after more traffic because then that would pressurize us to get better conversions.
1: You can never have too much traffic on a website. You can never have too much traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's um, because of traffic equals, equals more sales, really, at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. so so that will wrap up our retention and our customer retention and customer loyalty um, section. And next, we're, we're going to talk about average order value. And um, the first question I have is with regards to reviews, customer reviews. How, what strategy would you recommend, what customer review strategy would you recommend e-tailers, say, under a million pounds in revenue at the moment to, to pursue? How, how should they go about giving you success with customer reviews? How would you, what what, what recommendations, what three, three key tips would you give in terms of a customer review strategy?
2: It has to be an open one, so it has to be believable, okay. and that's why we went to, if you look on our site, we go with FIFO, uh, and the reason we do that is because they, they look after the reviews for us. Okay. So if somebody has a bad experience and wants to write about that, there's nothing we can do about that. Okay. We can learn from it, and we can grow from it and all those things, but we can't stop the person voicing how they feel, and that's how it should be, yeah. because when people read your reviews, they've got to read that it's believable, And so the the thing I would never do is um, encourage people just to make up a few reviews just to get it going. Mm -hmm. I I would never do that. But I think it is important as well to have a plan in place to ask every person who buys anything off you to review your business. And it does many things. It helps you understand what people like or dislike about your business. And it also gives your customers a voice in which they can tell you you're doing great things and or bad things.
1: Interesting, good. FIFA seems to be very popular in, in the UK at yeah. the minute. So the they're, they're UK-based company, from from what I gather, haven't spoken to to their team, very very yeah. friendly bunch of people. A very very good point you you made. It's good feedback for for the business in terms of performance, and yes. it's great to have a platform for customers to voice their opinion. Okay, so so yes, that that's really really good. Would does platform matter in for a customer review? I, I know there are about five major players.
2: Yeah, input. I don't think so. I think as long as it's one of the main players. I mean, we chose Hupho because they were a dominant UK review
1: company. Brand, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. So we chose them because of that. We, we looked at a lot. But, you know, there's Bizarre Voice, Trustpilot. There's a few others, so I don't exactly. think it matters that much. And as they're long becoming as more recognisable. Yeah.
1: Right. Now, down to, to average other value. Obviously, I... Realise you, your business. I came across a press release about your business in terms of um, and it, the, the core message there was on the fact that you, you guarantee ethical, conflict-free diamonds. I those are core ethics and core values of the company, which which are really good, which I must applaud you. How does this reflect in? You know um new people ordering in in jewelry is, is is there a connection between your your ethics as a business and the customers and, and the response from customers how how does How do they go hand in hand
2: first of all any any brand has to have trust brand trust mm. um, and especially with jewelry because it's it's quite a scary purchase as we talked about a couple of times already in the interview that people are a bit nervous a bit hesitant, and they have to believe that the company they're buying from truly has their interests at heart and diamonds are quite an emotive purchase for many reasons but one is people don't really know where they come from they don't know are they real are they what they're paying for are they all those things and so we have to be sure to guarantee that our customers get ethical source diamonds that we can pre-provenance on and we've gone one step further than that with Canadian diamonds which for me are the the ultimate, lasered and tagged from the moment they're mined to the moment they get on your finger. And when we sell a Canadian diamond, it's been all through the Canadian government process. Okay. And when you type your number into the Canadian government website, you can see the full history of your diamond. Okay. And it's incredible. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and you can trust Canada. It's a trustable, con- it's a trustworthy country. Yeah. And that you believe the government has done what they say they're going to do. And so we moved into Canadian diamonds in quite a big way about three years ago. Because we could see the trend growing for more and more people wanting more and more information about where their diamond was from and and the journey it's been on before it got to them.
1: It's, it's mind-boggling. I didn't actually realise that um, Canada mine diamonds. Bit but yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Okay, All right. Well, that's really really good. So, how have you invested in in user experience? I um I've been I I, I think I've um I I've I've been aware of your brand for five or six years now and it's always been well designed very 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 well presented so how do you invest in in, in user experience customer journeys and um, your brand you know um could you shed some some light in it how do you maintain and move i believe it's mobile responsive now
2: yeah and um, we didn't build a mobile site we never i never wanted a mobile site which had okay. different urls i wanted the site to just simply reshape okay um, which is, is what it does because i think it's the best experience um uh, user journey wise we always we spend a lot of time looking at how we go around the website search is an important feature okay and and we, we spend a lot of time understanding and the other problem with jewelry and it, it is a big problem with jewelry so it does make us look very hard at it it's different people call different things they, they call it different things it, it, everything's not in one box so you may call a style of ring we have an eternity ring somebody else would use that as a wedding ring and somebody else even might wear that as a cocktail ring so we have to make sure that everything is tagged up so that it could be whatever a customer thinks it's going to be so it makes us think hard about how we can get people to navigate around our our website it makes us look at that which is a good thing yeah
1: so so do you do you you have any focus groups for for usability testing or do you just do it in-house
2: We do it all in-house. We did use, uh, there was an online, I think it was... Usertesting.com? Yeah, something like that. It's actually just quite fascinating, which we've done that a couple of times. But generally, we look at it and see how we feel going around the website.
1: Okay. And and Um, do you you flesh it out from analytics in terms of, like, bounce rates on top pages and things like that, or...?
2: We look for patterns in analytics. I, 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 don't. Again, it's all about resources. So what we do with analytics is simply look for patterns. And if a pattern is bad or good, then we explore that. But the majority of it, of course, is somewhere in the middle. Most of it is if you've been building your business from the word go and you look at the, your website is your store, you've got to walk around your store and understand how it works. And if you're having a problem, then you can bet your bottom dollar that your customers are. Okay. So you have to rip out all that and you have to make it as simple as possible.
1: Interesting. Okay, okay. What about exit banners? Do you, do you have an exit banner strategy? Do you use exit banners or do you use basic banners?
2: We don't use exit banners. Maybe we should.
1: It's, it's been um, it's becoming very popular now, and they they work on um, on mouse movement. So just when your mouse indicates you're about yeah. to leave the page, uh, just pop up with a voucher code or you know whatever rules. You can get really sophisticated. So it's worth um, exploring okay
2: yeah maybe we should look at doing that
1: okay all right good stuff okay so um let's talk about sales and revenue i checked the um company's house reports which which are public anyway and yeah. um from your 2011 company house filing you you appeared to be a two two million plus a year business mm-hmm. um how do you intend to grow to to over five million in, in sales
2: without getting the specifics we have done that so
1: <laughs> well that's a surprise
2: uh, yeah no it's good uh, well done
1: well done 2011 to now, you've doubled your yeah,
2: No, Yeah, it's fantastic. But, and it comes down to all the things we've talked about in the interview. You've got to have the right range, the good customer service, the good pricing, and you've got to keep those three things just spinning the whole time.
1: Interesting. That's very, it. Very, very good. Very good. I'd ask you some more very specific questions because that, that was a bit general, but, but we'll get there anyway. Mm-hmm. Other than your website, do you do you sell on other marketplaces? Or you, do you have any multi-channel strategy at the minute or...? Is, it, is everything just focused on, on the website?
2: We've played with Amazon. We've played okay. with Amazon quite a bit. The problem is that Amazon is they take a massive commission in and jewelry. Jewelry, yes, I heard. And they make it unfeasible for us to operate in that arena, given the fact that our core value is to give our customers best value. Yep. If we've got to pay Amazon a huge percentage, you, I'm, I'm sure you know what it is, but it's not workable. 25%. It's 25%. It's 25 Well... It's, it's not workable. Okay. I'd rather... Keep the prices lower and let the customers make the saving without going to Amazon.
1: Yeah, and there's also a, a brand perception thing. You know, a lot of people sure. go into to Amazon for for Dell's and um, just coming across as an um, Amazon store. I might not always come across you know, well or well with your brand. Okay. All right, so um, we'll, we'll just segue into my final set of questions. And um, yeah, so from how do you envision Diamond Store's next phase of growth? I mean, you're, you, you've, you've surpassed the, the 5 million mark. Probably the, the next phase would be with 10 million. But how, how, do you, how do you think from a customer acquisition standpoint, how do you, how do you think you're going to, to make it to, to your next milestone? It's a good question
2: actually I think to, I think to a large part we 're helped with the technology jumps anyway and I, and I think that a lot of online retailers that have been around since we have, have have been aided by the fact that actually when we started, everybody had to have a laptop or a desktop to, to see your see your website and get the full experience and actually everybody's got access now on mobile phones it's commonplace now if you walk down the high street or a shopping mall on saturday you see people check in and comparing prices on their phones as well as and i would say that the main growth area for us is just that actually we've got a huge audience now that is used to buying online has instant access to check-in items online and is happy to do so from a mobile device and i would say that's probably our biggest aid to customer acquisition
1: So how has what's been the share of mobile in in um, in sales? Has it? Yeah, it's an interesting
2: question, and I'll be honest. in In terms of traffic, it's nearly fifty percent. Wow! Yeah, it's huge. In terms of conversion, it isn't that. And the feeling I get is we keep alluding to the fact that jewelry's bought for a special occasion. Yes. And we don't get very many people unless they're repeat customers, Mm -hmm. come back in hit the site once, make a decision about a £1,000 ring and decide to press the buy button right there and then. Most people do research, have a look around, do all those things. And they carry out a lot of that that research on a mobile. But I think when they're making the big decision, still, they're tending to do the payment on a desktop or laptop.
1: Yes, I read John Lewis's last um, income report for for for, for last year. The, find, the the last annual which they sent out to um, to to their stockholders or their shareholders, and they recorded the largest ever year for tablet sales because a lot of people are on their on their sofas and in the mm-hmm. evening browsing through their tablets watching you know they're, they're on two two screens on their TV and yeah. on, on their tablets and then they're, they're flicking through I think they had about 26 percent um, worth of sales of total sales on, on on their online operations from from tablets which is quite yeah. interesting it's huge yeah so so yeah so, so you, you envision the future really being mobile growth you're right there with the responsive site. do you think you'd need a mobile app eventually?
2: We do have an app. We're, okay. we're just testing an app. We That's don't publicise awesome. it too much because we're just seeing how it's working. The one issue I have with apps, and we have to see how we go forward, is that because it's we, we're selling a, an item that isn't something you buy every season, isn't something you change every season. Installs. Yeah. Uh, an app could just get lost in people's app list. Whereas if you know your ASOS and your changing your stock every couple of weeks to relate to the seasons and all those things, people are much more receptive to opening that app. So we're just playing with that at the moment. We're seeing how we get on.
1: That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Okay, so... What does e-commerce success mean? Uh, you have to admit you're, you're successful in e-commerce at, at the, you know, um, with, with the success of eight years. It's been hard work, but what does it mean to you in, from a lifestyle standpoint and you know, just a personal achievement life standpoint?
2: It's the same as building any brand. I'm particularly proud of doing it in jewellery because I think it's a tough arena. But of course, if you work hard and you achieve things, you feel great about yourself, and that's what it's all about.
1: Good, good, good. What So this is um, a question in regards to advice for for entrepreneurs, you know, e-commerce entrepreneurs. Um, What one marketing channel would you advise they take very seriously if you're just to choose one?
2: AdWords, because you can test your business from day one without uh, and immediately and see how you fit into the landscape by simply buying some market share and seeing what you can do with it.
1: Did you start out with AdWords? Yes. Okay. Interesting. And do you manage AdWords yourself to, to today or do you Oh no, we outsource an agency? it.
2: AdWords has grown into a huge beast. Beast. <laughs> yeah. And it was quite simple at the beginning, funny enough. And that it's grown so much that we've had to outsource it. But actually, the it? other channel I would do, although I've just poo-pooed it because I said they take too much commission, if I was starting an e-commerce business today, uh, I'd do AdWords and I'd also go on Amazon. It didn't matter if you weren't making a profit per se, as long as you're covering costs, uh, in the first Six months or a year, but Mm -hmm. Amazon again gives you a massive exposure to a massive market very quickly, and again, you can see how you fit in the landscape. Both of those are immediate things that give you immediate responses. So, it's it's almost like
1: testing the market, doing some market research with with your products. You know, it just costs you stock really and um, a bit of marketing spend. It's very,
2: rather than building an expensive um,
1: site. And
2: yeah, okay, Amazon specifically does that. I mean, that's great.
1: Audience, bear that in mind. Amazon. Really? Okay. Or eBay. Um, or eBay, okay. So uh, are there any tools, books or resources you'd um, recommend to owners of sites trying to cross the £1 million mark um, for, for, for their businesses? What, who, what would you recommend to to the audience? Uh,
2: there was a book that we you asked about usability and mm-hmm. I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it but it's called Keep It Simple, Stupid.
1: Okay, Kiss.
2: Kiss, that's a great book. And then there is a free booklet from Google called ZMOT. ZMOT, it, okay. I can't remember what the what the letters stand for but it it talks about being in front of the customers at the right time on their journey and it gives hints about that and i think those two things will stand you in good stead
1: good 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 so before you say your final goodbye can you give our listeners one pattern piece of advice and let us know how they can find you and reach out to you if you know um if they wanted to
2: one piece of advice is it doesn't come easy and you've got to just keep at it there you go <laughs> and if they want to reach out to me they can do so through linkedin i'm available on linkedin
1: are you on twitter too or?
2: no i don't do twitter
1: okay okay <laughs> thank you so much for, for appearing on the show gary you've been an inspiration you definitely are an inspiration to to the listeners and best of luck at your next milestone with the diamond store and okay. um yeah thank you very much Cheers. thanks
0: Cudley. thanks very much indeed
1: right. bye
0: bye